Hello, and welcome to Self-Sabotaging Sagas, hosted by me, your elevation guide, Jenea Barnes. Hello, everybody. Hi. So today, tonight, this evening, I'm going to start self-sabotaging sagas. So we all do it. We all sabotage ourselves, <laughs> right? And I want to really go into what we do with self-sabotaging. And these videos, sometimes I'm going to tell stories. Sometimes I'm going to give you some insight of a particular kind of self-sabotage. We're going to go deep. And I'm going to do these every once a week probably on Tuesday or Wednesdays. I make no promises of which day. I'm going to let it be fluid and kind of go with the flow and bring to light whatever I've been thinking about or whatever new insights I have or some old insights. But today I want to give you some background about self-sabotage. I want to talk to you about the things we want, how we self-sabotage, why we self-sabotage, and what we can do about it. And I drank coffee today, so I feel a little zingy, so <laughs> bear with me. This is either going to make it way more fun or it's going to make me a little ditzy and a little weird, which will probably be more fun, <laughs> right? Okay. So, first, I want to talk about the things that we want in life. I mean, what do we want? We want more money, more success, right? We want better relationships. We want to be able to be more effective. We want to have happiness and peace of mind. I think that kind of covers the general of what most people want, right? Maybe some people want a family, and of course, there's more details, but that's pretty general. More money, more success, better relationships, more effectiveness, happiness, peace of mind. And we often get in our own way. We always get in our own way. Well, not always. Some people are very good at not self-sabotaging at all. <laughs> but We've all done it at some point or another. And so what are the different ways that we self-sabotage? We, one of the ways we do is we operate from a victim mindset. We blame other people for our problems. Another way we self-sabotage is we have poor communication or sometimes we don't communicate at all. We keep it all bottled up inside and don't let the communication flow. Misunderstandings happen. We make up stories about people. Another way we self-sabotage is we give up very easily. And sometimes some of us are not able to receive, like actually receive help, compliments, money. We have this thinking that we have to do it all by ourselves. Um, another way is we're not able to let go. We hang on too tight and we smother things. It's like you can't hold the chicken by the neck if you want it to live. 
We dwell in our problems. We're living in the past. We can't move forward because we're so stuck in the past. Maybe we don't stand up for ourselves or we don't advocate for ourselves. We don't draw these boundaries. And sometimes it's our emotions. Sometimes we blow up and we get angry and we overreact we, or we play it safe. We never take risks. So there's a lot of ways that we self-sabotage, and this is just some of them. We've got, I'm sure you have your own specific ones for you. I know I've had my own specific ones for me. And, but the one thing that almost all of our self-sabotaging comes from, it comes from unconscious programming in our subconscious mind. So why do we self-sabotage? We self-sabotage because we might have low self-worth, low self-esteem. There's an underlying belief that we're not good enough, that we're not worthy. You know, that belief where you feel like I'm just not enough. Maybe I'm not worthy of having all this abundance. What did I do to deserve that? Who do you think you are to get all of that? Sometimes we have very strong emotional reactions. And, and other times we're living outside of our value system. Uh, most of us don't even know exactly what our value system is. We're not sure of what our values are. And when we operate outside of our value system, it creates this unconscious self-sabotaging because we don't like it. Our unconscious mind does not like to be doing things outside of our value system. So it'll throw monkey wrenches in. Another way, another reason we might do it is we might have a lack of self-acceptance or just acceptance in general. We deny the way things are. And this is usually because some uncomfortable feeling that's associated with what's really happening or with what's accurate comes up. And we don't like, human beings do not like uncomfortable feelings. <laughs> I know it sounds strange, but we don't like them. And the other reason is that we have these beliefs beliefs that we can't do it. We're not good enough. It has to be perfect. Maybe we have a scarcity mindset or we have negative beliefs about money. You have the belief that you have to be strong. You have to hold it all together. So all of these things, what all of these things have in common is that they are alive and well in our subconscious mind. And I use the term subconscious and unconscious interchangeably, not in all circles do people do that, but I do it. So if I say one or the other, if you're listening to me, it's all the same thing. Now, when we go to therapy, <laughs> we uncover a lot. We figure out what's driving us. We figure, we create this understanding, right? We create understanding about why we do the things we do, and then we can bring consciousness to it. And that's all fine and dandy, but 
Are we 100% on point with our consciousness all of the time? <laughs> I know I'm not. I would love to say that I participate in enough self-care that I am always rested, always happy, always well-fed with nutritious food, and never stressed out. And if that was the case, I probably could operate with consciousness all of the time. But that is not the case. And so when we're not conscious, when we're a little depleted, our unconscious mind takes over, runs the show. And it's going to run those unconscious programs. <sighs> yeah, it is silly stuff. <laughs> so I remember... A number, quite a few years back, I was involved in this relationship and it uncovered and reactivated all of my unconscious wounding. This relationship was toxic. It was traumatic. And there were a million moments for me to walk away. A million. I mean, Maybe I'm exaggerating a little bit, but not really. I mean, there were a lot of moments for me to just cut this off and say no more. But what was happening is the relationship was pushing my buttons. It was pushing all these trigger points from wounding from past things. It was bringing up past traumas. And so what my unconscious mind wanted to do is go through the process again. So it goes through the process again, hoping that I'm going to come out with a different outcome and neutralize the past, but I didn't. <laughs> it took a very long time for me to draw all the lines and all the boundaries, and it was not healthy. It was not a great relationship by any means, and like I said before, it was toxic. But here's the thing. The next relationship I got into, this was the first moment I consciously stopped self-sabotaging. I had this moment. I was walking home from yoga class. I had just started dating this guy and I was having this argument with myself. And one part of me was saying, he's going to do all the things that Javier did, all the things. That's a made up name, by the way, <laughs> from that toxic relationship. But that little part of me was like, he's going to do it. He's going to do all of the things. And it was the first time that I was able to catch with consciousness something that my programming was trying to pull me back into. So it was trying to sabotage the relationship just by thinking that because it happened before, it's going to happen again. And I was able to have this conversation with that part of myself and be like, no, this is a totally different person, a totally different situation. I don't know what's going to happen. Maybe I'll get hurt, but it's not going to be the same as that past thing. And I was able to subvert the self-sabotage in that moment because I was conscious. It probably had something to do with the fact that I had just gone to yoga, been very present in my body on a long walk home, but I stopped it. And that was because I was super conscious. Now, these incidents, these past incidences that embed themselves into 
our subconscious, our unconscious mind, they usually happen from emotional events. And emotional events, anytime when you get really emotional it and you feel overwhelmed, when that happens, it registers to your nervous system as trauma and it stays in your short-term memory. And when it's in your short-term memory, it's always there to be triggered. This is why we have all these trigger points when your mom pushes, pushes your button, all of that stuff. So it's right there in the ready, like it's like at the back of the head, like ready to be activated versus these non-emotional events where the emotions just move through us with ease. Those go into the long-term memory and they're not there to be activated. And the way things get wired into our subconscious mind is through these emotional events or through repetition. So if something, if you're told something over and over and over, like, you're so stupid, why did you do that? I can't believe you did that again. Like things like that, that maybe somebody's caregiver might have said to them over and over and over again, we're running a neuro pathway and we start to believe it and our unconscious mind believes it. When it's an emotional event, again, the emotions of the event are right there, ready to be triggered. And now when the trigger is put in emotion, we're instantly right back to that space of the original event. So if it's a situation like maybe you got lost in a grocery store and you felt super scared and you might have made up stories like they don't love me, they've left me behind to deal with the emotions to try to deal with it. And but you're overwhelmed. And if you froze and panicked another time that feels just as traumatic, if you push that little button where you feel like everybody left you, like you're all alone, you might freeze again. Or if maybe you started screaming and having a temper tantrum, you might react and have a temper tantrum with anger. When you when that trigger is pushed, we're brought right back to the very first event where that trigger happened. And we react in the same way. That's why when people are acting out emotionally, they often seem like they're little kids, right? Like you're acting just like a five-year-old. And it's because that emotion is being triggered and brought you right back to that point of being five years old. And we tend to reenact the trauma until the emotional components get neutralized. So how do we neutralize the emotional components? How do we do that? I can't hear you. <laughs> well, the way we do it is we can consciously override it and do something different so many times that eventually it's shifted, it's changed. Your unconscious mind will eventually begin to believe that it's not going to happen that way. And it won't run the same programming over and over. Those new events with new outcomes will eventually neutralize the emotions of the original event. 
but it means acting out the traumas or the emotional events in a different way over and over and over again. The other way we can do that is we can just bypass the conscious mind altogether and dip right into the subconscious. Because staying that conscious all of the time is, it's exhausting. It's really exhausting. So we bypass the conscious mind. Now, how do you do that? You can do it in meditation. If you get deep, deep into that meditative state, you can go in and rewrite those experiences. You can work with somebody like me. <laughs> Here's the pitch. <laughs> but you can work with somebody like me who specializes in dipping into the unconscious mind, guiding you through the past stories in a way that you don't have to relive these things. And when you neutralize the emotional content of whatever the very first event is, the source event, when you neutralize that, it's like dominoes, like dominoes, baby. It goes and neutralizes the subsequent events and it clears that trigger. And therefore, it will clear your self-sabotage. However it was, if your belief was that people always leave me, you know, maybe you got lost in that grocery store, and then maybe you got lost a couple more times, and you formed that belief really deeply into your subconscious mind that people always leave. Now, when we rewrite those incidences, when we rewrite and neutralize the emotional component of that stuff, that belief begins to disintegrate. When that belief disintegrates, you get to operate in a way that everything is more open. You get to interact with people slightly differently because you don't assume that they're going to leave. When you open up, not assuming that they're going to leave, you operate with more flow. You have more energy. You are more accessible. You are more able to connect. People are more able to connect to you. And you can see right there that that makes it less likely for people to leave. Now, if you're keeping up all those walls that you're thinking people are going to leave. So you're trying to protect yourself so you don't even get close. Now that's self-sabotage right there, right? Self-sabotage where you don't let somebody get close. You don't let somebody in. You don't get close to other people. And therefore, why do people want to be around you? Why would somebody want to be around somebody that's closed off all the time? Yeah eventually they're going to leave. So you're perpetuating, that belief actually perpetuates the cycle. So when we go in and we clear out those emotional events that created that belief, you get to show up more open. You get to allow deeper connection. When you allow deeper connection, that per people are less likely to leave. 
It's super powerful. So this is how, in my experience, with all of the things I've done, and I've done all of the things. I mean, I've set ayahuasca ceremonies. I've done tons of therapy. I have done transformational workshops, all of that stuff. But the common thread of all the things that did something, all the things that actually caused me to heal was that we rewrote emotional content from my past. We rewrote and cleared up triggers, beliefs, and patterns that were embedded into my subconscious, unconscious mind. And with that, it opened up more space. It opened up more freedom for me to operate with more flow. It cleared up the monkey chatter in my mind. And without that monkey chatter, everything just becomes easier. It becomes so much easier when I don't have all this stuff that's my self-sabotaging things. And let me tell you, I had... I mean, it was ridiculous. My pile of self-sabotaging stuff could have filled mountains, could have filled the pyramids. It was messy in here. Messy, messy, messy. I held it together really well because one of my beliefs was that I have to be strong and hold it together. But I really was able to clear that stuff up little by little. And one of the things in my process, in my quest, my journey towards healing was that I got to figure out what works and then I got to study it and learn it so I can help other people clear up that monkey chatter clear up those self-sabotaging anchors that are keeping you stuck. I mean, that's what self-sabotage does, right? It keeps you stuck, keeps you repeating the same crap over and over. And I mean, I know some of you are sick of it. Some of you have no consciousness about it at all, and that's totally okay. But some of you have started to wake up to the fact that this is what's going on and it drives you crazy and you see it you see it afterwards every time maybe you see it as it's happening that story i told walking home from yoga it was so crazy because it was the first time i could see it happening in the moment and the whatever work i had done up to that point it allowed me enough space to be able to have a conversation with that part and choose differently. But I had to be really conscious to do it. And I'll tell you, it's a lot easier when we just tweak the unconscious mind. Let's neutralize that stuff, put it back into the long-term memory so it's not there to be triggered. And we get to actually create the life we want. I mean, that's the thing. Going back to those things I said at the beginning, right? We all want more money, more success, better relationships, more effectiveness, more happiness and peace of mind. So, and the way we get that is we start taking out, scooping out these self-sabotaging things. So, 
again, I am going to be doing talks or videos, whatever, on self-sabotaging every week. And so look, I'm calling them self-sabotaging sagas. <laughs> it's going to be like a, um, what are those things? A soap opera? No, it won't. Maybe it will be. Who knows? I mean, and if y'all want to send me some stories about your self-sabotage, we can talk about stuff like that. I don't know. Let's kind of just, I want to do something fun and see how it goes and really talk to people, give people insight about what's going on with their own self-sabotage. I mean, we're going to talk about a lot of different things and some of it will apply to you. Some of it will not. Maybe it will all apply to you. Who knows? But I'm really excited about jumping into this. And if stuff that I've said today really resonates for you and you're curious about maybe doing some work with me, Give me, drop me a little DM or go to my website and send me a message. My website is JaneaBarnes.com. Send me a DM in Facebook and we can have a conversation to see if it makes sense to sit down and do a longer strategy session. But I'm looking forward to doing these self-sabotaging sagas and talking to you guys every week in this way. Bye, guys. Bye.